0: Watch, This is uh, Saturday morning, February 23rd, 2013, from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum in Nashua, uh, New Hampshire. And again, today, like yesterday, you're going to hear just uh, on the floor interviews. There's going to be a lot of background noise. And uh, we're just having a lot of fun in New Hampshire. And so here's the interviews. Okay, welcome back to Badquaker.com podcast. Second day, or is this technically the third day?
1: Uh, it's like two, it's day two and a half, is, it's yeah. uh, We we added the Thursday night in just because people kept coming early, so we added stuff to do, but we officially don't start till Friday. So second day I always call it. Uh,
0: officially second day of uh, New Hampshire Liberty Forum, and this is 2013, and with me is Chris Lawless, the man who makes everything happen. And Chris, uh, I interviewed you first from yesterday's podcast. Now we've had 24 hours and a lot of
1: fun. And what's happening today? Um, lots more speakers. We actually have more sessions today than yesterday. That we have with these things called mini sessions. I always wanted to have practical sessions. How to do a 72-hour kit? It's a practical. How to, to deal with the police practical um a little bit of medicine i got to new hampshire now what like those sessions are like they're just half hour snippets we run them twice so i love the idea of a practical thing plus we all still have great speakers on a variety of topics from art from politics to economics so it's it, it's more of the same from yesterday it's in a lot of fun and a lot less stress for me because it's the second day
0: and we've got the Alt Expo people uh, in the basement doing their thing on top of everything else. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's it's great that this year we can finally uh, connect really well with the Alt Expo people, so they have the whole basement downstairs. They have a whole lineup of speakers, which, again, is actually It gives people more choices for speakers. This is now four choices versus three from yesterday. So it's a great mix to add into Liberty Forum.
0: Well, Chris, I really appreciate all you're doing here, and keep up the great work. And I'll talk to you again.
1: All right. Thank you, Ben.
0: And with me at the Liberty Forum is Mark Edge, and uh, Mark is from Free Talk Live. Mark, thanks for joining me, and sure, what's man. going
2: on with you? Well. I'm just going around here, Ben. i you know at the Liberty Forum. I'm to, to some extent I'm uh, Chris Lawless's surf. I run about. I do uh, intros for him if he needs uh, some kind of errand run or some that kind of thing. I, I'm happy to do it. I don't go on the air till seven o'clock at night, so it, we might as well make me useful while I'm around. I get to run around and play celebrity here too. Some you know people that don't get to see me on a daily basis um, will come to the Liberty Forum, and for them, you know, I'm the radio star, and I'll, I'm happy to do. That uh, for them, do my very best to, to provide them a radio star experience. <laughs> Speaking
0: of which, you guys uh, actually you and Ian actually broadcast your radio show from here in the hotel, and people can come and sit in chairs around you and, and watch the show, being even interact to a certain extent. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. There's uh, you know certainly there's there's audience interaction, but we have a little room uh, downstairs in the basement they keep us. <laughs> <So> the party <laughs> it, tends to to way. Start, the party tends to start uh, at Free Talk Live, so they like to. Keep us in the basement so they can keep the noise away from the rest of the rooms. <laughs> but yeah, we do the show here. And it's really great. Seven nights a week from seven to ten p.m. Eastern Time, we do the show. And
0: in the Brookfield room.
2: In the Brookfield room. That uh, makes here. it sounds. Fan- makes yeah, it sound it does. fancy. It's, it's uh, a. Yeah. You know, it's it, you know we shouldn't just call it a closet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it is. We should mention it's right next to the amphitheater that they have here, mm-hmm. where the Alt Expo is having a bunch of their uh, activities. Yep. That's kind of like the. Literally underground aspect
2: of the uh, of the Liberty Forum. You're right; they, they make a second Liberty Forum. And yeah, you know it's really great. Uh, the old Expo is uh, it's always a pleasure to to see the seekers there.
0: Hey, thanks for taking some time and talking to me, Mark, and have a good show tonight. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Ben.
2: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Okay, it's Saturday of New Hampshire Liberty Forum, and I've caught the world famous. Derek J. Um, Derek, tell me first off. Tell me about your movie. Were you here last night for the screening? Or? I was. Yeah. Oh well, that's not a screening. I guess it's just a showing. But sure, beh- it
3: was a screening. Uh, I was happy to present it yesterday. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, yep, we presented it last night to an audience in the amphitheater of the Crown Plaza Hotel. I was overwhelmed by the positive reaction. The audience actually stayed in their seats, and and actually, I had to pull more seats into the venue than they actually had. So it was great. People ended up sitting on the floor and were willing to sit on the floor for the whole thing and then ask questions afterwards. Uh, This was not my expectation, especially when there were uh, competing events like uh, pork therapy and a party going on. And and so
0: people chose to actually watch, and, and they asked questions, and I sold some DVDs. Yeah, the, the competing party, one of the competing parties going on, there was actually a couple. One of them was Sex, Lies, and Anarchy. So you beat out Sex, Lies, and Anarchy. Well, you maybe didn't beat them, but you at least competed pretty well.
3: Yeah, but we filled up the venue, so that, that makes me very happy.
0: Um, so what else you have going on today? I, are you on, uh, did you just do a show? Or
3: Yeah, I was just on the School Sucks podcast with Brett and Osborne. It's always a pleasure being on with them. They I have a great show. I admire their show and uh, their intelligence and, and their ability to present some of these ideas in, in a really uh, positive and easy to digest way.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what do you What do you got going for the rest of the of the uh, event?
3: For the rest of the event, I'm going to be uh, just running into different individuals. One thing I look forward to the most is using the Bitcoin ATM prototype. Oh, yeah. This is huge. I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. Alternative currencies are totally my bag. Mm-hmm. And with the success of Bitcoin, I, I see the potential for individuals to free themselves of the tyranny from of the state. So when people we'll spend months or years trying to figure out how do we end the Fed, mm. that's irrelevant. Right. You can end the Fed today yourself by trading in alternative currencies. And one I, I enjoy is Bitcoin. So it's, it's great to pick the brains of people who are in the Bitcoin world and to be able to use things like the Bitcoin ATM prototype just weeks after it has been released. Not even a week, I don't even think. So this is a very exciting time to be
0: in New Hampshire and to be around liberty lovers. Well, thanks for taking a minute to talk to me. Um, I'm going to run in, and John Bush is getting ready to speak. Awesome. So, uh, thanks a lot for talking to me, and I'll see you around. Always a pleasure, Ben. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. And I'm back again with John Bush here at the Liberty Forum. John, I just listened to your talk, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Explain to the Bad Quicker audience. Basically, give your speech in in about two or two and a half
2: minutes. The uh, the
4: elevator spiel. Uh, where Essentially, the speech was about the Sustainable and Autonomous Communities Initiative, which is a project of a newly formed nonprofit, the Center for Natural Living. The website is centerfornaturalliving.org. And the nonprofit, uh, the mission is to demonstrate the value of voluntary cooperation and natural living in the areas of sustainability, family, and health, by creating educational media and helping families to fulfill their basic needs. And essentially we're accomplishing that goal by engaging in philanthropic activities, community organizing, Uh, we're growing food, we're doing health education classes in uh, underserved communities. We are going to purchase 100 water filters and distribute them to new or expecting mothers so they avoid uh, water uh, fluoride in their uh, infant formula. Uh, we're also building a community garden in the front yard of our home. We're building a Hugo culture raised bed garden. We're exploring aquaponics and testing those for efficiency and educating people about them, doing educational videos. We're going to be purchasing a diesel truck and a uh, biodiesel processing system. We're going to build one of those and explore that, educate people about that, become more su- sustainable and self-sufficient and uh, one of the big picture goals of the Sustainable and Autonomous Communities Initiative, uh, again a project of the Center for Natural Living, is to explore the ideas and the implementation of sustainable and autonomous communities. Sustainability, I define as an environment where individuals, families, and communities are able to thrive while remaining in a harmonious relationship with their surrounding environments. And I define uh, autonomy as essentially individuals and communities being able to practice self-determination living in an environment that fits their needs, their values, their beliefs, their ethics, their philosophy. And we want to practically create these communities. And on the micro scale, we are exploring food and water. We're exploring earthen shelters, alternative energy. And we're doing all of that on our small 2.4-acre farm down in central Texas, And we want to export those ideas to the community by inviting them to our farm to take part and by creating educational videos for them to view. And more importantly, we want to assist the provision or the proliferation of sustainable and autonomous communities. Uh, We want to build our own and we want to help those that are already in progress or that already exist. So essentially, we believe that a community cannot be sustainable, genuinely sustainable if it's not autonomous. Likewise a community cannot be autonomous if it's not genuinely sustainable as it will be dependent on another institution or, or hierarchical system. So we want to explore that idea, and it's my belief that it's easier to become sustainable than it is autonomous. We mean genuinely autonomous, where people can opt out of the existing system if they do not agree with it. That's a lot of what the speech explored today, what it is that we're doing with the Sustainable and Autonomous Communities Initiative and some of the problems that might arise, how we can overcome them. And uh, we're excited to work with people to, to grow this effort. We just launched, and we're exploring new ideas, and, uh, you know, we're we're learning. And we're not exactly sure where it is that we're going now, but we want to make sure that people join us in the conversation because we don't know it all. We don't know uh, if everything we're going to do is, is, is going to work or the best way to do it, but we're going to do it anyway, and we want you to join us, and we want you to learn from us, and we'd like to learn from you. So we want everybody to visit centerfornaturalliving.org. And also SovereignLiving.tv, which is another project of the Center for Natural Living, which will essentially be uh, producing videos and media surrounding all the stuff that we explore today.
0: Now, you made an interesting contrast in your in your talk that you just gave. Um, in my mind, I think the, the, the radical left, I mean, really, we're talking about socialism in one form or another, has sort of owned that field Mm -hmm. since the 60s but the but the big flaw that they have is either through forced central planning or communal Mm -hmm. ideas and what you're producing or what you're hoping to produce is not going to be something that's centrally planned uh utilizing force and aggression Um, but and it's not going to be communal you're going to be uh respecting individual property rights is going to be an aspect of this right
4: yeah, for the most part. I mean, we're we're building our own sustainable and autonomous communities. But if someone's sustainable and autonomous community is based on mutual ownership of the property or even whatever means of production they may have, we're totally fine with that too and want to mm-hmm. explore that. I personally don't believe it will work as efficient as a system that's based on uh, more individual property rights and uh, exchange uh, you know, for the benefit of self-interest in the individual, right? Um, but actually, you know, I'd like to. I'm exploring. I'm becoming more and more uh, uh, left libertarian and exploring those ideals. And, and I'm even open to exploring in our own setting mm-hmm. uh, the idea of mutual ownership, or maybe uh, using some sort of different type of exchange system besides like a commodity-backed currency. Even the idea of some of these labor currencies. You know, we're young. <laughs> we're open to exploring all sorts of ideas based on my experience. Uh, but then again, my experience has been just exploring libertarianism primarily from the individualist, anarchist uh, perspective. I'd like to explore more philosophies and more existing societies. But I think historically, the free rider problem is an existing problem. And whenever people can't take ownership or pride in their own property,
5: uh, whether that's an
4: object or a means of production or land... Uh, it's, it doesn't seem to operate as, as well, and it doesn't seem to thrive as much as, as a more individualist approach. But to answer your question, we're open to all of them, and we want to help as long as you don't want to force it on someone else.
0: Right, voluntarism being the, right. the primary key.
4: Yeah, voluntary and natural world is what we're going for.
0: Great. John, thanks very much for uh, uh, stopping and talking to me. I know you're busy, but uh, maybe we'll see you around again a little later on. I know you've got more speeches to go, right?
4: Yeah, I'll be speaking tomorrow at 10 a.m., and the title of my speech is Community and Isolation. Critical analysis of intentional communities and the case for building shared value based on shared
0: values. Well, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm still here at the Crown Plaza Hotel at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, and with me is my friend Kelly John Drew. Kelly is the uh, owner and uh, and general manager and operator and everything else, every other title you want to give him for Survival Gear Bags. And uh, I've known Kelly for a long time on the internet. I've finally got to meet him in real life. Kelly, thanks very much for coming on Bad Quaker podcast. Tell us uh, about your business and what you do.
6: Uh, Survival Gear Bags is a website. It's SurvivalGearBags.com. Uh, we run emergency kits, backpacks, knives, flashlights. Uh, we've started to carry more and more tactical gear, chest rigs. Um, we just started offering free shipping. So our prices are generally about the best online, and it's a small shop that I run by myself. So the customer service
0: is always good. And when people order something, they're dealing with you. Yeah. So it's not like, and, and, and reputation is everything in a business like this. So you're not you're going to make sure that every customer is serviced uh, perfectly. Right. Exactly. Plus, you have a really wide scope of things at your website. I know I did a review of the. Uh,
6: Oh, the, yeah, the card sharp knife.
0: Yeah, that is a neat little knife that you can carry in your wallet. I'm really impressed with it. You can get over to Bad Quaker on YouTube and see the review of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let you uh, get to your customers there. We'll pause for a second. Okay, so... Um, yeah, the car- Go ahead. With card sharp. we would sold probably more of that than anything. Everybody. Really. Just,
5: yeah.
0: Well, it's a great idea. You know, it's a it's a little uh, portable, foldable knife that fits in your wallet. It's a great backup emergency knife. It's not like you're going to fight zombies with it, right, but right, it, right. but it's a great little knife to have for an emergency or for any kind of situation where you can't get to a blade and you need something sharp. And they are really sharp from the factory. Okay, well, Kelly, thanks for talking to me, and I wish you well here at the forum, and I hope you sell a lot of stuff. Okay, great to see you then.
7: Are you the one that I have to convince to move
5: to New
0: Hampshire to get him here?
7: Yes. I'm Dave. I'm Dave.
0: Dave Ridley of the Ridley, Ridley Port, Hey, man. And I'm recording.
5: I've been meaning to ask you, can I, uh, can I take like my interview that I did with you and like, illustrate it and run it on the Ridley report? Oh, yeah. Do anything oh, nice. you want
0: with it. I'm totally open. So, yeah. So, uh, what have you been doing here at the uh, uh, Liberty Forum?
5: Well, uh, I have been uh, photographing folks and um, anything that looks interesting, out of the ordinary, new. Um, and also, I'm, I want to get some good crowd shots. I love, I love to stack up larger and larger archives and different crowd shots because I seem to have to go back to that more and more. As, I mean, the movement is more and more a topic of conversation. You know, State reps, are, seem like they're starting to all talk about us, uh, mainstream media, locally, and all talking about us, national media sometimes. Um, so it creates a lot of conversation, and I have to have something to illustrate that with it that really says three state projects. Mm-hmm. So, and there's nothing that says it like a crowd. It's a liberty form, a forfeit. So I'm always thinking of trying to think of different ways to shoot crowds. But really, the, the most interesting thing that I shot today was the—they um, have an ATM machine for bitcoins, a Bitcoin ATM machine. So any new technology with Bitcoin, it starts to bring it more and more into the mainstream. That's, that's of interest to a large number of people, and it's going to probably. Change the world, so, yeah. um, so that that was probably the best video I've shot. Dave, I've just I've just been get this one day. So.
0: Mm. Well, um, uh, tell people your uh, YouTube website so they can. I know they ought to go back and listen to the interview that we did a few weeks back. But if they didn't hear that, tell them about your YouTube website. I
5: really report, really report, something, 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 really report, doing stories that are long and stories that are short, really report, really report. Dot com
0: Dot com And that is uh, the perfect example of the uh, twisted but brilliant humor of Dave Ridley And the reason why that I and a lot of other people enjoy watching his uh, YouTube. Well I'm thinking about
5: Tatiana Moroz or Moritz or something I don't know how to say her last name But she's a singer of some kind Oh yeah I don't pay any attention to this sort of pop thing But she's a singer right So I was thinking I should interview her And like ask her if I can interview her without either of us talking just singing so mm. I can, like, sing the question and she can sing an answer. Because if I can find her she just walked off. But anyway, that's yeah. what's
0: going on. We got to meet her a little bit. She was at our table at, the, at uh, one of the lunches, okay. which is really interesting. Um, that's one of the things I should say on the microphone is that uh, the lunches and the dinners are an opportunity for uh, people to just sit down and have a meal with somebody that you might have heard, like, Dave Ridley on uh, the internet or whatever, and your uh, bed. Yeah, <laughs> so that's one of the interesting things about the Liberty Forum that they've that they've provided here.
5: Yeah. Although I, I have this, uh, I think we really should be aiming. I mean, I, I, they were going to have uh, they were going to have Naomi Wolf come, um, you know, a couple years ago, and the one that got canceled. Uh, we should be aiming towards household names. Yeah. Um, I love Tom Woods more than I love um, what's her name, Naomi Wolf. But um, people have actually heard of her in larger numbers. And I just my brainstorm right now is I think we ought to get. Uh, I mean, it'd be nice to hear Ron Paul, I think it tried, Mm -hmm. too expensive, but what we could maybe do, I think would send some shockwaves out there and get some real publicity, uh, is to invite, like, a former president of one of the Soviet republics. Oh, yeah. Um, or one of the Yugoslav republics, um, preferably not one of the genociders. Yeah. <laughs> but but I was thinking of someone like Milan Kucin, who was president of Slovenia when the Yugoslav uh, federation collapsed, mm-hmm. and he led them to freedom, basically of a sort. And uh, I think it would send some shockwaves to Washington if we were to have him come be a keynote speaker for the Liberty Forum. There are other options besides him. But he's my favorite. I don't even know if he's still alive. He wasn't that old when it all happened, so he's probably still alive. But uh, That's my brainstorm for what we could do to really take this to the next level without having to spend Ron Paul type money. Hopefully, he doesn't have huge fees like Ron Paul. Paul, Right. I I don't know exactly what the fees are, but I I would bet that no one's ever heard of Milen Kucin. Right. So, but when people realize what he represents, who he's speaking to, and where he's speaking, it's going to get secession back on the agenda. And it's really the only, the only thing we've got left against Washington. They've taken everything else away. Mm -hmm. So. It's people talking.
0: Yeah, that would really make an impact, I think. Well, Dave, my legs are going to sleep because I'm squatted here under a table, so I've got to stand up, but thanks for talking to me. You need a hand up. Yeah, I need mean, <laughs> a we <you> go. <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks a lot, Dave. Would you like to do something to support BadQuaker.com? Here's how easy it is. If you're already going to buy something from Amazon, go to badquaker.com first. Click on any of the buttons for Amazon. Once at Amazon, shop like you normally would. You'll pay the same price for the things you buy from Amazon. But Amazon will give badquaker.com a tiny portion of that purchase. It's amazingly easy to shop at Amazon, it won't cost you any extra, and you'll be supporting badquaker.com. Thank you. BadQuaker.com uses HostGator as our web hosting service. It was fast and easy to get set up, and the support we receive is top-notch. They have helpful and friendly 24-7, 365, live technical support, and a 99.9% uptime guarantee, and they have some of the best prices in the business. If you have a website, or if you want to have a website, check them out by going to BadQuaker.com and click on the button for Host HostGator. And thank you very much for supporting BadQuaker.com. Hey folks, Ben here from the Bad Quaker Show. Thanks for listening again today. And what you're going to hear is a bunch of little chunks of interviews as I stop people around the New Hampshire Liberty Forum 2013 uh, here in Nashua, New Hampshire. And uh, I want to tell you about Voice and Exit. Voice and Exit. If you're familiar with the TED Talks, that's kind of, uh, Voice and Exit hopes to be something like the TED Talks for, uh, for us. For, you know, for us. And you can find them at www.voiceandexit.com. That's dot com. And what, what they're doing is, um, On March 9th, and that's just in a few weeks, March 9th, 2013, in Austin, Texas, uh, they have, um, I believe it's 13 different speakers with 13 different talks that they're giving. And some of the topics we're looking at is advocating non-coercive means of making social change, highlighting people who roll up their sleeves to make change without political power, and celebrating the creation of new rules and making way oh i'm sorry and celebrating the creation of new rules and make and ways of organizi- organizing committees okay now uh, you don't have to listen to me stumbling through the that uh, those lines go over to voiceandexit.com and check it all out even if you can't get to it this year uh, like i said it's going to be march 9th even if you can't get to it this year in austin texas um, hopefully, we can support this enough that it can really turn into something. It can be our alternative to the TED Talks. Okay, thanks a lot. Now, uh, here we go with the interviews from the second day at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, 2013, in Nashua, New Hampshire. Okay, very special treat. We're on the second day of the New Hampshire Liberty Conference, and with me is Dave Barker. W welcome back to the Bad Quaker Show. Hello. Uh, so what do you got here? Uh, we're looking at a table. Uh, this is Don't Tread on Memes table, right?
6: This is, uh, well, let me explain exactly what this is. Okay. Uh, Don't Tread on Memes, Stateless Sweets, Shire Silver, and about a dozen other uh, agorist businesses have uh, formed an agorist co-op that we call Agorist Cross Promotions. And what that means is we're looking for Agorists that ship a physical product and that accept alternative currency. And then when they fulfill their orders, everyone in the group sends the marketing material from everyone else in the group so that all of our customers know about all of the other Agorist businesses that are available. So, we've got Stateless Sweets over here with their chocolates and confections. We've got Shire Silver over here. Ron brought the mint, he's making cards. We've got Don't Tread on Meme, does dime cards. We've got MyShinyBadges.com. We've got the Shire Silver certificate or the Shire Society certificates. We've got the Crizzles button. So, essentially, um, we are cooperating to, com- to combine costs, so we're sharing the cost of the table, the cost of the printing, so that we can uh, cross-promote each other's work.
0: Cool. Uh, speaking of which, I've got more of these for you, but that's, uh, that's one little sample of what uh, Michael Dean sent. It's Buttons. Fantastic. So I'll get some more to you before, uh, before we all take off.
6: Sure. You can see this is a uh, well. You out there in podcast land are going to have to squint, <laughs> but you can see this is. Uh, I've got a lot of my art on display. This is my original stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all. Uh, what's what size are those posters? Do you know right off?
6: I think they're twenty by thirty. That they looks, might be that looks more good like right. seventeen by nineteen or something. Yeah,
0: but there's. Uh six seven eight nine ten so there's ten original art posters here do you sell those individually like that Uh,
6: these are for sale but they're part of an art show that i did a year ago called out of context and i only ever printed one of each Hmm. so um, i don't have any intention on printing any more of them there's a couple that are my favorite that i might eventually print more of Hmm. but they're essentially one of a kind even though i am offering a cd of all the digital files for free
0: Oh, nice! Uh, would would these be on that file? That okay? Yeah. Then I'll I'll do a picture of them and put it on the website as a uh, awesome. That would be it? fabulous. Yeah. Well, uh, Davi, uh, anything else you want to say before I? Uh,
6: uh, I got Muslims for Liberty here in the group um, with their uh, silver deer hum cards, and I've also got my voluntary Islam book. The paperback is uh, debuted for the first time at this convention, so that's been really exciting. And uh, I, am, I am, you know, last year I was nobody. This year I am for people. So uh, I'm here with Silver Circle. I'm here with Don't Tread on Meme. I'm here with Shiny Badges. I'm here with DaviBarker.com. Wow. Which I didn't have to go to the U.N. to acquire. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time.
0: That's great. Uh, Davi, thanks a lot for coming on the show with me. And uh, take care of yourself. Okay. Okay, and I bumped into Seth King. Seth, tell us about your website.
8: Uh, Well, my website is dailyanarchist.com. I founded it a few years ago, shortly after I converted to market anarchism. I felt like we needed a daily poll for anarchists, and that's exactly what it is.
0: That's a perfect way of thinking of it. Anything else you got going on, or any other? Uh, basically,
8: right now I have a, a couple of authors I'm very proud to um, have writing for for us. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Davi Barker, mm-hmm. uh, who writes a lot about Bitcoin and Muslim anarchism, which is a fascinating topic. It's 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 new ideas, and he comes at it with a very sympathetic and just um, just a he just writes very wonderfully. And I don't know much about Islam, but when I read his articles. I'm convinced that <laughs> voluntary Islam is, a, you know, a real possibility and could very well catch on like wildfire, at least in the Muslim world.
0: Ned, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's
8: fine. The other article, the other um, uh, writer we have is Wendy McElroy. She's a very prolific author, ha- always has been, and uh, she loves she loves writing for us. And uh, yeah, it's just great.
0: Um, I, I love I love reading uh, Wendy's stuff. I hope to get her on the show eventually. Um, are, are you you're a New Hampshire resident?
8: I am. Yeah, um, part of the Free
0: State Project. I, yep,
8: uh, I'm originally from California. My wife and I moved um, a year and a half ago for the Free State Project, and uh, we've been living happily ever after. We love it here.
0: How difficult was the transition, do you think? Well,
8: the most difficult part is just the fact that we're getting started in our careers, so we don't have a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the most difficult part. We first moved to Manchester, which is the biggest city in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and uh, we just started off living like you know, in the ghetto, sharing a room with several roommates, working... Barely minimum wage jobs, and from there, uh, she ended up uh, finally getting a uh, job as her uh, as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved up into North Country, New Hampshire, which is just mountains and trees. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, I've been able to uh, work my way up better jobs. I'm currently working for Bid Instant uh, with customer support. And. Uh, uh, everything is doing just way better now. Uh, I've found that um, uh, getting a job is a lot easier in New Hampshire. I was unemployed for three years wow. in California, and I got a job immediately upon moving to New Hampshire. And I've been employed just about ever since. So,
0: Well, now I have two thing, two thoughts on that. First off, that means you're real close to the area where, uh, where Porkfest is going to be held. Right. Uh, and... Um, and, and I, I can't say enough good about Pork Fest. I mean, it's just—it's uh, for some people, it's a life-changing experience. For others, it's an eye-opening experience. It, it, I just had a blast last year mm-hmm. at, at Pork Fest. The other thought was—the um, um, other thing is uh, bitcoins. And you said you worked for—I
8: worked for BitInstant, which mm-hmm. is uh, a company that lets people easily purchase bitcoins with dollars. Yeah.
0: Uh, are, are, do you guys are you the ones that have the machine that's here today, or is uh, that no? Else? We don't have
8: the Bitcoin ATM. Mm-hmm. That's a uh that's an entrepreneur effort by a couple of uh, fellow Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we we did have a panel, uh, three three individuals from BitInstant spoke to a very large audience, about a third of which had never really heard of Bitcoin before. And so they were very, uh, very enthusiastically learning about it. And uh, we've, we have a booth here. And I have, I personally have helped install at least a couple of dozen new uh, Bitcoin wallets on people's smartphones. I've personally sent them their very first bitcoins, cool. including uh, both Jeffrey Tucker and Tom Woods. I, I hooked them up with their very first uh, wallets and bitcoins, so I'm very wow. proud of that. And then the rest of the team has been doing that as well. So we've, we've probably done at least 100 people.
0: I've I said this for a while. You know, um, if you ask the government to end the Fed, they'll do it. You know, with enough pressure, they'll end the Fed. But you better realize they're going to replace it with something, and it's going to be worse. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about Bitcoin is, Bitcoin can end the Fed without government permission. And as a matter of fact, government can't do anything but sit back and watch it and grind their teeth.
8: Right, right. Uh, you know, when I was still a minarchist, um, oh,
7: when
8: I was still a minarchist, um, you, you get really bogged down because you're constantly trying to appeal to the state. And, and your full purpose is to try and convince a huge percentage of the population that we need to you know, get rid of all the bad congressmen and vote in all the right ones and repeal all the bad legislation and get rid of the Fed, and that's never going to happen. Right. And the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is I'm not really too interested in trying to convince people anymore. I'm just going to do my thing, mm-hmm. and, and my thing is going to be such a good shining example of awesomeness that people are going to want to flock to it, and in fact they are. Bitcoin is taking off.
0: Could you imagine if we were talking and it was like, uh, let's say, 19, 1905. and let's say you're Henry Ford, and and you're like, yeah, what I got to do is we got to pat, we got to get Congress to pass a law to end the horse, right? You know, no, don't end the horse, right. just offer them cars,
8: offer them cars, right? And, that's- and and you know the well the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is like you said. The, the government eventually will catch on to the fact that Bitcoin is a serious threat to their dollar hegemony, mm-hmm. but there's nothing they can do about it. The yeah. government is com- has been completely impotent when it comes to fighting the drug war. Uh, they cannot stop people from sharing movies and music, and they will not be able to stop Bitcoin. It's that simple.
0: Seth, thanks for talking to me, and uh, I wish you well, both here in New Hampshire and with the, the different your website and the businesses and everything else.
8: Thank you very much, Ben. It's been a pleasure
9: thanks. Oh yes, I do. Oh, Thank you very much.
0: Okay, and right now I'm with Jillian of Stateless Suites and I'm looking at a very sweet table. Jillian, tell tell the uh, Bad Quaker listeners what it is you have here, what it is you do.
9: Sure. Um, I make candy for a living, and I do it aggro style. So uh, when you pay for your candy, you're not uh, supporting uh, wars because <laughs> you're not paying any taxes on this. Um, and then also uh, I uh, have my kitchen... Um, certified uh, privately so I don't uh, believe in jumping through the hoops of the state to inspect my kitchen and, and my work. So, And then I create beautiful convections for people to enjoy.
0: Now now let me get this straight. Without the government coming in and, and authorizing your kitchen, do you have large rats running around and giant cockroaches climbing across your food?
9: Gargantuan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I... I <laughs> I keep a tight ship. I have a very uh, clean kitchen, and I, I'm a really, really, really hard boss for myself, so I, 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 I keep good standards.
0: And and you do that because, I'm assuming, I'm putting words in your mouth, uh, two reasons. First off, you're an ethical person, and the second off, if uh, if you produced a bad product from a bad kitchen people wouldn't buy from you right? absolutely
9: the market would speak and I wouldn't be able to sell my candy anymore So, <laughs> and that's a goal of mine to be successful
0: well uh, I appreciate you talking to me today and I hope uh, I hope you sell a lot of candy and I hope you do really well
9: thank you man
5: well, we gotta buy some for Rachel
0: oh yeah okay and now I'm with Ron Helwig of Shire <laughs> Silver and uh, Ron tell us what Shire Silver is and what's going on
7: well Shire Silver is a wallet-friendly bullion. We have silver and gold cards that are credit card size that have the the actual precious metal embedded in them, and they're designed for facilitating easy trade, Uh, so it's a much more easy to use version of bullion than the traditional bullion in coin form. Mm
0: Uh, and these are very popular here in New Hampshire, specifically. When I was when I was at Porkfest, Fest, they were kind of the standard currency there. Yeah.
7: Um, well, a lot of it is because they're they're available in smaller denominations. Mm-hmm. We have half gram silver, which is worth about a dollar, and a one gram silver and a five gram silver. We also have the world's smallest physical gold trade unit. And that's a 20th gram gold card,
9: uh,
7: which is worth about $4. So you can use gold to buy, like, a whiskey coke at my favorite bar, um, which is only $4. That's a nice bar. Pretty cool. And we also have a tenth of a gram of gold and a half gram of gold, which are... $8 Eight and forty dollars respectively,
0: and you also teach people how to do this themselves, right?
7: Yes, we, we when we designed it, we made it the the design in the public domain. We have instructions up on our website, so anybody can do it. And in fact, right here I have a you know you can't see it obviously, but I have a sample that uh, causes people to chuckle of a competitor who saw our, our, our instructions on the website and made
0: his own for his bar
7: in Winslow, Arizona.
0: That's, that, and that's something I think would surprise a lot of people, that within our group, Uh, You know, those of us who understand markets and understand liberty and so forth, we're not afraid of competition. We embrace competition because that's really what drives the market.
7: Oh, absolutely. And uh, anyone who wants to, to start up their own, I'll be more than glad to help them. Like there was a guy in Connecticut who had generally the same idea and he started searching to see if there was competition for his idea he found my site found the instructions which helped him a lot gave him the source of the material he contacted me and i helped him his first versions of his cards, which are uh, key tag size, so you can keep them on your keychain. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah his is uh, 110solutions.com. Mm-hmm. And, and in, a, in another way that we can do this, we can help people. We're starting a new uh, franchise operation where we'll set you up with essentially a turnkey business producing your own. Local currency version of the Shire Silver. You know, we'll, we'll develop, help you develop your own brand. Uh, we'll either produce the cards for you or teach you how, as well as get you set up with the equipment that you need and the design work, and help you with the marketing. And uh, we'll have that available on our, Shire, uh, on our site,
0: ShireSilver.com within the next couple of weeks. I I see an interesting thing here on your table. This looks like a bag of shredded money.
7: Um, Well, it's not a bag of shredded money. It's a bag of shredded Federal Reserve notes. Which is not really money, but we're told it's money. Right, but it but it does make the point that if you shred a Federal Reserve note, a dollar bill, all you get is a pile of trash. Yeah. But if you were to shred up one of my cards, you would end up with a pile of silver or a pile of gold, which you could then still sell. It would still have value. It would have actually the same value as it had before. Pretty much, um, although it would be reduced... Reduce somewhat in value because of its. You would have less ability to uh, use it in trade.
0: Right, right.
7: Uh, well, Ron, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Uh, at this time, uh, not really. Just uh, you know, make sure that. Oh, oh. Well, there is bitcoins. We do accept bitcoins on our site or the Shire silver. Um, we've gotten into that, and we really like it. We think that bitcoins really complement. Shire Silver Well as competing currencies that fill in the missing gaps of each other's
0: currency types. Right, because it's it's you can you can walk around with a smartphone and bitcoins. But it's not quite as easy to walk around where there's, let's say, there's no phone connections or whatever, they, or if you don't have a smartphone or whatever, you can still walk around with uh, Shire silver in your pocket.
7: Right, and and if you and if you haven't particularly bought into whether you believe bitcoins are a viable currency yet, right, you can always convert them into Shire silver.
0: And uh, uh, and just the the last thing on that is that no matter what, it's still silver. Yes, there's never been a Time in recorded history when silver wasn't worth silver. Right. So there you go. So it's a uh, a local
7: currency with global reach and universal value. Perfect. Well, Ron, thanks
0: for talking to me. Thank you. Awesome. I do Okay, so the 2013 New Hampshire Liberty Forum in Nashua, New Hampshire, is over. Um, my wife and I enjoyed the. the Company. We enjoyed uh, all the new people that we met. We enjoyed meeting old friends. We enjoyed uh, meeting people that we've only known on the internet, and uh, and now we know them in real life. Can put a face to a to a name. We got to really um build some relationships that uh you know that really uh it's going to be life changing for us at least to know these people and and having this uh, memories and experience with us in addition to all that i was able to you know get to know some people that i only knew very lightly or you might say professionally and now uh i'm on a very personal level with them and that and that's really important that you know that just that alone, making uh, a, a close relationship with somebody that I've only known in a distance, um, that experience alone was worth all the expense of driving up here. The uh, I, I, I should mention, you know, we put uh, twenty-four hours of actual highway time, twenty-four hours of road time, to get from our campground that we were at in Georgia up to uh, Nashua for the for the. Um, uh for the Liberty Forum and then um, as I'm recording this now we're on our way back to Georgia I'm in a hotel room about uh, two-thirds of the way back to Georgia and it's probably we took a different route it's probably going to take us about 17 or 18 hours of actual highway time to get back to georgia and if you think of all the driving and all the expense uh you know it uh, it was not a cheap experience to get to new hampshire and to experience everything but it was uh it was well worth it i was talking to my wife and just the experience of sitting uh with jeffrey tucker for a couple hours just he and i just sitting alone talking and chatting and and really developing a relationship that's you know, uh, how how can you put a dollar value on something like that? So we really do appreciate the opportunity to go up there. And uh, we appreciate the help that we were given in finances and so forth to make that happen. And it's going to be nice to get back to the motorhome in Georgia and get back into the motorhome and then drive it all the way back to Ohio to our home. We, um, I, you know, I just can't say enough about uh, the impact that the Liberty Forum had on us. I I doubt that we'll be at next year's, as we've thought about it. You know, when we were there and we were enthusiastic about it and everything, and, uh, you know, I couldn't wait for 2014 to to come around so we could get back to the Liberty Forum again. But as I think about it, well, I don't think we'll be able to do that in 2014 because there's so many other things that we're trying to to plan out and, and trying to arrange. Now, I always say you know, I never say anything absolute about the future, but, um, you know, you can, you can make educated guesses about the future, but I I try to never say anything absolute about the future because no one can, you know, I don't control the future. I can't tell what's going to happen in the future. So, uh, that being the case, I can't speak in absolute terms because I know that I, that I can't control the future. Therefore I'm potentially setting myself up to, to lie. If I, speak as if i know that something will happen so so it's just a a little self-discipline that i do that i just don't speak in absolutes about the future but you know i want to make every effort we've already bought tickets and uh, and we have plans and we're attempting to stabilize funding to get to uh, pork fest here in a couple months we definitely want to do that we're going to make every effort to make it to pork fest and uh, again for uh, 2014 that's on our on our schedule but I, I believe for 2014, we might skip the Liberty Forum because there's a couple of other functions. You may have heard me talking about the event that's uh, that's becoming a new thing down in Austin, Texas, uh, that's very similar to the, uh, to the TED Talks. So uh, we might be doing that instead in 2014, or we might do something completely different. It's hard to tell. But anyway, it was a lot of fun to be in New Hampshire again and to really experience the people and the camaraderie and everything that's there. Uh, and in another way, it's kind of nice to be back on the road again. And, you know, I, I just kind of have that in my blood uh, moving around. I, we we sat there in Springboro, Ohio for about 15 years and, uh, you know, finished raising our kids and getting them out on their feet and everything. And that's the longest I've ever stayed in one place uh, ever in my life. So I've really got the itch to uh, to to get rid of the house in Ohio and just stay on the road and move around and meet people and see things. And that's really the desire of my heart. And hopefully if we can get the small technicalities like internet connection and things like that taken care of, then we'll be able to uh, move a mobile studio around the country and I can podcast and, uh, and we can get that stuff uploaded and you know that—that's our goal for 2013 is to establish um, the Bad Quaker show as a as a mobile um, as a mobile uh, show so we'll see how that goes and again it was a real pleasure uh sitting and talking with jeffrey for hours and and meeting the other people that i that we met with and you know talking to old friends that i've never seen before and being able to you know uh touch them put my hand in their hand so uh we should be back in georgia tomorrow uh kai is there waiting for us she's getting ready to start her trip in the uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail. So we're going to uh, see her off probably uh, in, in a couple of weeks to uh, in her adventures on, on the Appalachian Trail. And uh, and then we're going to head back to Ohio. At, at least that's our plan. And I hope tomorrow to record a podcast with Kai. And that would be, let's see, what is today? Today's Monday, So that would be perhaps Tuesday. We can have a a podcast. I'll probably load this podcast for Tuesday and uh, hopefully record a podcast with Kai Tuesday to be released maybe Wednesday. And then uh, and then um, hopefully I can have good enough Internet connections to make that happen and go back to a regular daily podcast. Well, I suppose that's enough rambling. Folks, thanks for listening today. And be sure and get over to badquaker.com, where liberty is our mission. Thank you very much.